Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The New Nasty Boys. I'm your co-host this morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you decide to watch or listen to this thing, Billy DeVore, and sitting next to me is... Chris Weir! I'm a co-host. He's a co-host. On the show for right now and whenever you watch. <laughs> for right now and in the past and forever and always. Mm-hmm. I remember. I remembered my name this time. Hey, Last I, time I forgot it. He just, I didn't forget what my name was. I just didn't say it. I just did I just say said, it. like, I'm a co-host. I'm a co-host. Move on. Androgynous co-host. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll just be whispering over here. <laughs> Surname not available. <laughs> yeah. First name, last name. Like that uh, Keen Peel sketch. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that, that guy who we did comedy with very early on named Diego sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. And he's just like, I don't have a surname. And I was like, you're doing a lot of acid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. I'm getting, yeah, I remember that face now. Wave of a face just what? came over me. <laughs> was it melting? It was, and he's got that hair, too. He's had some dark, wavy hair. Mm-hmm. Wavy, long, mm-hmm. aggressive jawline. Cool guy. Yeah, this is all a pod's going to be. <laughs> Just about a dude that we vaguely remember. <laughs> you certainly don't know. <laughs> that we knew 11 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, how was your week? It was great. Uh, I was in Lexington. Nice. Uh, did some shows at Comedy Off-Broadway. Amazing club. Uh, great time. Had some Cincy boys out there. Nick Higdon. Oh, the big uh, man. was there. And then uh, Andrew Rude Boy the showed up. Nice. Pretty fun. A lot of good shows. That is that is fantastic. Love that club. It's a great one. Yeah, it's terrific. Nice, nice week. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so great. What about you? What'd you get into? Uh, I went to a bachelor party. Had yeah. a wonderful time. Delightful time. Where was it? It was in Lake Norris. Mm-hmm. So just a man-made giant lake. Boys, brews, bourbon, beer pong. That's what they made the lake for. Exactly what they made it for. Um, One thing that we did twice, on the way there and on the way back, finally went to Bucky's. Oh, really? Yeah, dude. Did you see my... my I saw. I didn't want to point it out. It looked pretty nice. Yeah, I got my little Bucky's Tombly. It's official. You can now drink and drive. (laughs) When you have that, you can fill that up, and then you can piss in the parking lot. (laughs) I'm a suburban soccer mom. (laughs) I have yet to go to one of those places, uh, but I keep hearing about it, and I heard it's just kind of like almost like a King's Island-like atmosphere. So it is extremely busy. Mm -hmm. You go... What's crazy is you pull up. There's probably about 50... 50 pumps. It's massive. It's just, it looks like a grocery store on yeah. the outside with just a giant row of gas pumps. And then you go in, and up front is just so much shit. Like Bucky's merch out the ass. Yeah. Tumblers, water bottles. They have little like 
plastic water bottle that was the mascot. You put a straw on the top. Yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty mm -hmm. cute. So many t-shirts and hoodies. And then you get to the middle, and that is where the, the, the food section starts. Yeah, it just opens up. Oh, dude. Pretty good? It's so good. It shouldn't be, but it is. You go, and there's like all different types of smoked nuts. Okay. They have over a hundred, like 200 different flavors of beef jerky. Mm. And then... They have a section with just smoked meats. Ooh, they, talk to me. Dude, they just, they pull it every like 10 to 15 minutes and they, get, and they throw up a giant thing of brisket and they go, brisket on the board. <laughs> and then everybody else is like, brisket on the board. And then they just start chopping it up. They have smoked brisket. They've got pulled pork, southern chicken fried sandwiches. Do you need to make a reservation for this? I wish I could. <laughs> I wish they had like that section. Yeah. Like at a very nice restaurant where it's the chef's table. This is the call ahead spot. <laughs> is this it where I get to sit and just sample? Yeah. And sample? While I'm filling up unleaded in my car. <laughs> Hey, there's a little bit of ethanol in there. Keeps it cheaper. Oh, that's pretty good. Nice. It was yeah. pretty just cheapest gas on the on the trip. Yeah. Oh my god. And then they have like these Bucky's chips that are Saratoga chips. Mm hmm. Better than Montgomery Inn. Really? From a gas station. Wow, dude. I fucking I love gas station food. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I'm not either. This has been a very it's been a staple of this podcast for a very long time. <laughs> talking about gas station food <laughs> and this takes it to a whole other world do they have like great sections of like when i walk into a gas station i get really excited uh first off and then some of the <laughs> things i have to go go to yeah uh, i have to find the pork rinds yep and then i have to at least check out this section of like their beef jerky to make sure like what they have what they're working with yeah and potentially any sales if you catch a nice sale on beef jerky dude it feels like you cheated that day it's like <laughs> it feels like daylight savings time it's like this is just free money right now yeah, this is it i'm playing house money right now <laughs> yeah and then you just keep loading up on jerky yeah because it's just you know you've already earned it exactly Might as well keep going well the thing with the jerky is they have their own jerky Wow. That's a wall with 200 different flavors. You have to get a hook to get some flavors. Oh, man. It's, get it's it like down. a t-shirt in Tampa, Florida. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'll take the one with the big, no, the bigger boobies. <laughs> the big Johnson shirts, but you're getting up just like some teriyaki deer jerky. <laughs> And it's lowered into your mouth. Ah. Yeah, it's they, it's it's uh you know there's the boardwalk where you get those t-shirts, but at Bucky's they got the jerky walk. The jerky walk. <laughs> you just go and uh, that's only this is only the middle, and then over here where the jerky wall is, and then over here they have a fresh bakery. Yeah. With all like 25 different flavors of fudge, they bake cakes and pastries and. Dude, I got, and they have wraps. Yeah. I got a breakfast burrito. Holy fuck. It was so good. Yeah. <laughs> eggs, potatoes, bacon, sausage, all wrapped up. It was this big. Mm. Eight bucks. Ooh, Get I, out of here. I love, first off, breakfast food is one of my favorites. Uh, we just had breakfast for dinner. Uh, I'm best. not sure if you can smell that. There's bacon, <laughs> like, just in this house right now. I had a shower before this. I, I didn't smell like I was hanging out, like, a uh, fucking, uh, I don't know, like a late night, like, at Waffle House. Yeah, you just didn't want me over, all horny over here? Yeah, I was going to tell you, don't eat the bacon when you come in. <laughs> don't do That's it. That's for company. <laughs> this is the good house bacon. Yeah. This is the company bacon. 
This is our bacon. Yeah, you get the microwave bacon. <laughs> Thank God, a bacon is bacon. Yeah, it is. Uh, but dude, I, I love a nice uh, breakfast meal. Me too. I mean, breakfast is my favorite too. I do not go full Ron Swanson and ask for all of your eggs, but it's it's close. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, I like. I think you've heard this before. I hold the pancake eating record at the Beachmont IHOP. That's true. Um, so, did you then throw it all up, though? Does that count? first time? Okay. And then the next time I went back, ate it all, and then kept it down, so it counted. And then you got the cease and desist <laughs> from my heart. Yeah, like you need to stay away from us. Yeah, and then I ate steak and shake out of their all-you-can-eat pancakes. Yeah. Yeah, they said we're out of batter. <laughs> started eating like the steak and shake no they they cut me off oh they oh they cut you they're off. like we're out of batter you can't have any more here's your check oh man dude they asked you to close out like you're done yeah you yeah. got you got cut off for food <laughs> yeah from my from my pancake tender and steak and shake yeah dude if this guy leaves here and like passes out from a nap he <laughs> like hits people we're liable we're fucked here yeah <laughs> We overserved him pancakes. <laughs> yeah, he's just out there trying to rub out a dent with maple syrup he brought from home. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But yeah, so, uh, and then the back, they had an icy machine that had 15 different flavors. The only bummer, not a good beer selection. But at mm. that point, when you can go and you can get a Bucky's uh, float raft to hook up to the back of a boat. Are you really worried about the beer selection? Yeah, it's like you've peaked, you, you've been sustained, you're yeah, good. I'm good. So it is definitely an unreal, amazing experience, and I can't wait to get one closer. Nice. Is that just got the buckies on the back end? Mm -hmm. Show the camera there. Oh, yeah. Nice. Cheers to buckies. To buckies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not to your buckies. <laughs> so it was great. Uh, that was definitely like the highlight. <laughs> I love that he, he started talking about a bachelor party, and the only thing he talked about was the gas station trip. <laughs> hey, Bucky's is not just a gas station I trip. Uh, it's oh, a destination. Oh, they also uh, they clean every toilet after someone uses it. There is bathroom attendants. Like if you go pee, there's someone that comes over and wipes down the urinal. Are they like the Chick-fil-A of gas stations? Yes, and they but they actually pay people really well. And they don't just hire children? No, no, they don't just hire children. Okay. They they pay their uh, store managers, I think it was 225,000 a year. Oh, damn. With a month of vacation. Well, that's great. <laughs> Stock options and 401k. I'm like I think I'm gonna move down to Richmond, Kentucky, and go work for Bucky. It'd be pretty nice. It'd be really cool. Be cool and cut up some slabs of meat, <sighs> waving at you. Learn the ways. You can buy a Bucky smoker there. Yeah. On the oh uh, yeah, I was half, I was half tempted, but yeah, man, it was cool. There was no there was there was some there wasn't like any minor well couple fifteen year olds on that Sunday, but that'll segue nicely. Not any into true minors. <laughs> I know what I'm doing here sometimes. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Wander Franco, huh? <laughs> oh boy, this is not good. And it was not a trip to Bucky's we're talking about. <laughs> no, well, he, he was bucking something, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Wander Franco allegedly uh, has a relationship with a 14-year-old? Yeah, in the Dominican Republic. Cool buddy. And these are just allegations. We do want to point that out. Uh, Very much so, just allegations. <laughs> we know nothing. But... We have no problem speculating. <laughs> I love speculating. Yeah. It's my favorite. Well, uh, so far it doesn't seem too good, but but there is uh, some slivers of possible uh, 
I don't know. I don't, sure. I don't want to speculate too much, but there's also some photos of this 14-year-old driving a car and drinking alcohol, which, yeah. I mean... What uh, a cool 14-year-old. I know. She's pretty, she's pretty awesome, man. Yeah. He, he nabbed the coolest 14-year-old. Yeah. She might be 14, but she drinks at a 24-year-old level. Yeah, and that's fine in the Dominican. <laughs> if she can hold her own and then drive a stick shift, it's fine. It's totally fine. Yeah. As long as you stay on the road and you aren't playing in single-A or double-A and kill someone... You're good. Mm-hmm. That's happened before. Yeah. Little Cruz. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. He was driving in the DR, drunk, hit somebody, killed him, and like they were like, "You're in double A, right?" And he's like, "No, C." And they're like, "Okay, no prison time. You're good. Yeah, Get out right. of there. You're <laughs> nine feet tall. Boys will be boys." <laughs> <laughs> oh, hermanos be hermanos. Oh, dude, and the thing you shared too uh, about the hat. Yeah, that's what I was gonna get at, dude. That's that's the funniest part of this whole thing, aside from the kid fucking. The yeah. funniest part. Is that when he got pulled off the field, he got pulled off, and it was Wander Franco Kid Hat Night, where the giveaway was for kids 14 and under. His girlfriend would have made the cutoff just fine. <laughs> yeah. She would have been rocking that hat. Yeah. Oh, man. Could you just see her in the crowd just with the hat on and being like, hey? And he's like, shh. shh, shh it's just oversized. <laughs> he's got a little kid's ice cream. <laughs> Dude, I honestly thought that was a joke. I didn't realize that was real. I thought that was like a made-up thing. Like the kid had that was like, oh, that's hilarious. That's the best one I've seen so far. <laughs> I thought it was a meme. Yeah, or maybe these uh, these people who are extorting him are so good at planning this. Yeah. That they're like, well, if we drop it this day, it takes this long to leak. Then he gets pulled from the game where you know his girlfriend could get the hat. Yeah, they had him playing it on the counter. It's like, okay, yeah, this makes sense to do it this day, or. <laughs> We can make it hilarious and <laughs> do it the week after. Yeah. This is the type of thing that makes me believe in God. You know, <laughs> that he would allow something so hilarious to happen. <laughs> Here's what I think happened. I think that they were getting ready to do this, and then there's the writer's strike happening. So there's people looking for work. They hired somebody for punch-up, and they were like, wait, what if? You wait and then release, and then it all comes out on the kid day. That's right. And they're like, great, awesome. He's like, cool. Well, I'm not union. This isn't a film project, so you can still pay me. Still scabbed across the line, but we appreciate the work. <laughs> that scab is now helping out, I don't know, extraditors. What's worse, extraditors or Warner Brothers? Mm hmm. Uh, one and the same. They probably both fuck kids, too. Yeah, I can see that. Mm. One way or another. Mm hmm. Yeah, they're fucking something. They're fucking something. So. Supposedly, you know, did a little bit of light investigating, as in clicked one article that had a bunch of tweets. Yeah. <laughs> That's very light investigating. Mm. I mean, the, the, we talked about the, the bottle of vodka, and, and the best part is that she's in a Suzuki. Yeah. Can you still get Suzukis in the States? Man, I don't know. Uh, if she's uh, riding a Suzuki, it means like she's gone through some stuff. <laughs> that's the situation. Like, that's not like a starter car. That's You've been through something and have had a dip in your career. <laughs> yeah. Well, that makes sense. If you see the Suzuki, then her asking for $200,000 and a new Mercedes Benz. You got upgrade from that Suzuki, dude. Yeah, and that's a pretty reasonable ask. <laughs> Two hundred grand and a Mercedes. That's a. I mean, he might play ball with that. That's he, what I was thinking. Well, he also plays ball with fourteen-year-olds. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Allegedly. 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 Well, like, okay. So my thing, you know, two hundred thousand dollars Mercedes. I get you. It is a very reasonable ask. But that could also just be the start. Mm -hmm. Where they're like, all right, well, 
$400,000 and another Mercedes. Yeah, in for a penny, in for a pound. Is that what it is? Or I right. Pound of flesh or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the pound. In the pound. In the pound town. In the pound town with allegedly mm -hmm. a minor. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so I think he probably want to nip in the butt. I mean, there's also that image of, of her and she is also like following a ton of other prospects. Like, yeah. where it's a little iffy, like following Yuri Perez, guy pitches for the Marlins, mm -hmm. uh, Edgar Figueroa, Diami Solon. I mean, if this whole thing doesn't work out for her, she could have a great career as like a scout, you know? I mean, <laughs> these are some talented names. Yeah, she knows what she's doing. Yeah, yeah, she's a great recruiter. She uses baseball savant, looks at spin rate <laughs> in AAA, and then starts following and DMing. Oh, that's hilarious. The spin rate, I don't know. Oh, pretty good. Knows how to work the fingers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he has a circle change. Oh, man. How about that? Look at that grip strength. <laughs> yeah, he can really hold a ball in that palm. <laughs> I, and then he, he went on face, he went on Instagram live to defend himself, which I, I guess is very said in, in Spanish. Here's the translation. Those people need to get moving. One is here focused, doing my thing. You see, thanks to God. That's why I prefer to be on my side and not get involved with anybody because people are so gossipy. And then Red's legend Jose Siri walked by and shouted, it's just people after money. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. Yeah, it's one of those situations where it, you see it and you're just like, I'm not digging into this. Because the more, the more you learn, the less good you feel about it. And of course, you hope none of this uh, is reality. But, uh, you know, worse things have happened yes. coming from professional athletes. So, I mean... Yeah. You know, at least he didn't bring her across state lines and on the team plane. Like somebody we know. That one. That guy. <laughs> that one. It's nice to be able to point to the legends <laughs> and be like, oh, which one? Oh, the, the what was the age? <laughs> oh, that's oh, that's great. And oh, hats flying. <laughs> we were talking before about, like, how much did he sign for? Like, It's a long deal. I can pull it up. Oh, um, yeah. It was, like, the biggest one, the Rays. It's like a ten ever. year or something. Yeah, it's it's a beefy boy. Once my internet starts to search, it is really thinking about it. But I'm wondering if they do have clauses in there, if they do get whatever fired for certain reasons. Mm -hmm. And like that, of course, would be the Pete Rose clause. Oh boy. Eleven years, 182 million. They bought out all of his ARB years at then. He is an unrestricted free agent at age 33. He's got a club option at age 32. And at that point, his girlfriend should be graduating high school. <laughs> hey, then he can bring her stateside, you know? Exactly. So it's kind of crazy. 2033 club option contains a $2 million buyout. Uh, trade assignment bonus. I thought he had a no trade clause. Interesting. Anyway, MVP escalators. If from 2028 to 2032 he wins the MVP, he gets a $3 million bonus. Not bad. That's not bad. Well, if he's innocent or whatever, but mm. big ask there. Yeah. Um... I, I, I don't know, man. I think it's too early to tell. It's kind of, it feels like 
when people ask me, they're like, hey, who do you think is going to win the World Series this year? I'm like, it's too soon to tell. We don't have enough information. But it's definitely going to be the Padres. No, <laughs> that, That's who I said was going to win it this <laughs> yeah. year. They fucking suck. Yeah. Oh, what a bummer. I feel like such a buffoon and bought into the hype. Yeah. Well, we'll update you on that situation. But last thing I'm going to say on this. Mm-hmm. She looks 18. Like, in the other, like, her Instagram photos and stuff. Yeah. The photos that were leaked to make it look damning, she looks kind of 14, but that's also... think they were never from a good angle. Yeah. But all of her Instagram photos that have been posted are from a good, thirsty angle. That's true. Uh, I'm going to let you keep commenting on that one. <laughs> You're okay. Yeah, I'm I got no just, bad... <laughs> I'm, I'm saying they are thirst trap photos to make her look older, and then the photos that were released... Are her at 14. And then there's pictures of her with a child. Oh, yeah, I do see. I mean, clearly 18 to 24 months. So you're telling me that she was pregnant when she was like 12 and a half? I mean, she looks like a James Bond girl in this one. Yeah. I mean, it looks like. Uh, yeah, there's definitely. Well, these photos versus the ones that I saw originally definitely look much, much uh, different. Right, because they're yeah. trying to damn him, dude. Yeah. The more and more I'm like, I'm on his side, just, I don't know. Just because, like, it seems very much like a play for money. Yeah, after I saw some of the other things about uh, her connections with some other people, as well as uh, that message, and then it, it just seemed so wild that he would take photos with her if he knew she was 14, even, like, thought that. Right. Or like anywhere around that age. Yeah, and he, and again, this guy is twenty two. It's still a gross age gap. Yeah. Uh, but if if he's like, what? So that's uh, six, eight years. You know, I don't know. It's not legal, and it's gross. If if allegedly she is fourteen, I'm I'm trying to not talk myself into a circle where I seem <laughs> like I'm sympathizing with a pedophile. No, I see potential pedophile. I'm looking at the photos here, and the ones that they have. I mean. It's just looking at Instagram photos. The ones that I saw initially, I was like, "Oh, that's a that's a young girl right there." And yeah. then you see these other ones; it does look like uh, sh- she could be like in college or something. But who, who the fuck knows? Sure, uh, definitely not Wanda Franco at this point. <laughs> he doesn't know. No, he does. <laughs> it's up in the air. I just I feel bad for I feel well. Here's some. I feel bad for him, even if if he is or isn't guilty. Say it comes out and they're like, "It was a scam. It was all that." Everyone's still going to remember him for allegedly having a relationship with a 14-year-old. Yeah, dude. It's like that fucking uh, George Brett thing. Like, no, like he gets remembered for the, the dick pills, right? Dick pills? Uh, George Brett? Didn't he? Uh, he was like a sponsor for Viagra. Oh, yeah. Or like Seattle, something like that. But like th- some of that, like for a while, was overshadowing his like Hall of Fame career. Sure. I, I think of the pine tar. Yeah, that too. I just imagine. Well, even when I was saying George Brown, I just saw him just running out with a big old heart on. Come on! <laughs> Somebody fuck me! It wasn't past the knob! <laughs> Someone passed my knob! <laughs> God. Okay, yeah, so both knob related. Both relating to wood. Mm hmm. How fun. Uh, yeah, uh. Can we can confirm though this George Brett never in a relationship with a fourteen year old. Can confirm. Can confirm. Twelve year old, yes. <laughs> but <laughs> but this one, for sure. So gross. He's so such a dirt bag. I know. Dude. Ugh. 
God. It's just heartbreaking. It's almost as heartbreaking as Luke Weaver going out and pitching every five days. If only there was an option that we had to somehow pick up another pitcher to replace this guy. Ah, the pain. Yeah. The pain. I, I, oh, I have a stat. Oh, I can't. My phone's over there. Uh, <laughs> dude, we... Mikey Biceps. No hitter. We didn't talk about that yet, did we? No, we didn't talk about the no hitter. Although the previous podcast, we were talking about potential gets, and uh, Michael Lorenzen was one of the main ones that uh, you were talking up. And yeah, I, I don't understand why they didn't make a move. They clearly needed to bridge the gap until they got back, uh, you know, supposedly healthy one and two starters. But they still had the situation of having a dude that shouldn't be in the lineup. At least uh, there's questionably at least two people yep. you could take out of there to, to make your team better. Oh, exactly, 100%. I understand that they're going to be using a four-man rotation until because they have a couple days off until Hunter Green gets back. But we'll get to his last start. Luke Weaver had two starts this week, which that shows you how much disarray and trying to stay afloat this rotation is in on your bottom at your bottom spot <clears throat> luke weaver this is against the lowly fish eight four and a third five hits a walk six k's very little length the earn run is great we talked about that on tuesday during the pod mm -hmm. this is again a best case scenario yeah, um, he just doesn't have really much life on his pitches. Uh, it is batting practice when his cutter's not cutting, and he's got that, what, four-seamer that, like, tops out around 94. Yeah. That's that's too easy, and it's just straight as an arrow, and when he doesn't have, like, quality secondary third pitches, they're just sitting on it. Yep, and when he does take something off of it, it has a little bit more life to it, a little bit more break, but he goes back out against the goddamn Buckos. Three and two-thirds, four earned runs, six hits, a walk, and seven Ks. Mm -hmm. That's embarrassing with 77 pitches. Not being able to get out of shit, trying to get strikeouts, not making good pitches. Con I mean, and his, his plot chart's all over the place, man, mostly high. And he's a guy with stuff that should not be working high. Yeah, I mean, I do like seeing that he got uh, seven Ks there, but he really stresses getting those strikeouts, and it just never seems in an inning where he's on top of it or comfortable. It's just a very rocky journey uh, to get like you know through four innings. It's just normally. insane. It's insane. You they were they signed him in the off season as a lottery ticket. It was their ten dollar one, mm -hmm. and in, and they instead of acknowledging failure. Mm -hmm with this guy they are continuing to throw him out there didn't make a move with the deadline and are just banking on youth to return and be what it was and it's just <clears throat> it, it's not it look the the reds were not supposed to win this year mm -hmm. they are winning you didn't give your guys enough of a chance to be able to continue to win yeah even though you have a great easy schedule down the stretch you are losing games because of that. Yeah. And you look at uh, the division right now, like, yeah, you're going to develop into being better players uh, in the future, but so is the rest of the division. You might not get to choose – you don't get to choose the times when it's best for your team to win. Sometimes it just starts happening. Mm -hmm. And you had 
every opportunity seemingly to improve the team by getting what was a glaring issue, which was pitching. We needed uh, help in the bullpen. We needed someone to eat up innings uh, from the front end, and we only got one lefty arm uh, for the bullpen. And it's just like that didn't address the biggest issue, and now we're seeing it just compound right in our faces. And then we're having the other teams that are – you know, right in the way of us getting a playoff spot, doing better, and they add it to their team. Yep. It's just like this was such a mir- miraculous year to allow it to possibly come down to a couple games due to lack of interest, motivation from the from the office. I, I don't understand. It, it's just really peculiar. Your prospect worship has gone too far. Yeah. So, but the good yeah. news out of this was the other starts – from Ashcraft, Abbott, and Williamson, guys who were going to be here for the long haul Mm -hmm. that you needed to supplement. Um, Ashcraft looked so fucking good. Yeah, it was good seeing... Like, I'm watching on my phone most of the time. uh, But, yeah, seeing this, that that is so exciting. Dude. It it seems like, okay, this is the dude that we thought he was and that he remembers he is, and this is great. Yeah. Dude, look at that pitch mix. 43 cutters, 38 sliders, 22 sinkers. And when you've got a cutter that's hitting 99, 100 and breaks into the zone, Mm -hmm. and you have a slider that's going top down or sweeping in the zone, out of the zone, and then a sinker that's working away, holy sh... And you can place it? Holy fucking shit. Look at that path, too, diagonal through the zone. Just going up from the bottom left, (laughs) from the bottom top, at at that angle that you want to keep working to deceiving hitters. And it is so awesome that we're like, done, guaranteed, he's done, he's stuck here, he's figured it out, and the adjustments that he's going to have to make are going to be extremely limited. Yeah, this is great. You love seeing it. It seems like he's locked into the style of pitcher that he is, and he's got that third pitch just fucking uh, working like a charm. That's which is awesome. Which what we what were we talking? What, what have we been talking about with him? Was once he figured out that third pitch. Yeah, he's back at it, and he's locked in. He's a bulldog, and the innings is huge because we'll get to what the bullpen usage in a little bit. But mm-hmm. man, him at then Abbott, the length wasn't there as much. Two earned runs. If Bell would have let him finish and get to that six innings, get the quality start, that would have helped my fantasy team. Mm-hmm. But five and two thirds, two earned runs, four hits, nine Ks with a great Mix 44 fastball, 17 curveballs, 12 sliders, 25 changeups, and that slider with a 41.7 called strike whiff percentage. Yeah, that's great. Boy, howdy, that's nice. And if you look at his spread chart there, you can kind of see where the pitches are collecting, like based upon like what he's throwing. Yeah. So it's not randomness when you look like a Luke Weaver chart. Mm-hmm. Andrew Abbott, you know, I mean, it wasn't like one of his uh, better outings, but still, yeah. he is perfecting what he is capable of throwing. Yeah. And it's great seeing that. He's perfecting top corners of the zone and then all of the bottom and then working inside, down, and out. Mm-hmm. Like, he, you can see that there's purpose with with the low and outside, with his curveball and his slider and changeup, trying to get people to work low after he's been working high, low, lower, or lower, high, high. Like, he, 
he's just such a gamer. Yeah, it's great. Pitching with purpose. Pitching with purpose, knows what he's doing. And then Brandon Williamson, dude, again, they should have let him get that act that 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 out to get six innings pitched to have a quality start, so I would have gotten another one on my fantasy team and would have kept piloting on, but David Bell does not allow pitchers to do that unless they have a clean sixth inning, which is horseshit. Yeah. Let him get out of it. I get the third time through the lineup, but come on. Daddy needs quality starts. <laughs> and he's been looking so much better every time he gets out. You can see the, the progress that he's making. Uh, so that's, that's very uh, promising. Yeah, the cutter. The cutter usage. When you're splitting between your fastball, your four-seamer, and your cutter with 33-31, and then you're throwing your changeup 18 times. Slider, he didn't know he didn't have it that day. Only once. Curveball, five times. And if you're looking at that changeup with 18 pitches, it's a 44 point. 4% called strike whiff rate. Very solid stuff. Love it. It's, dude, he's pitching so well. His controls come back. And, and this is a dude where Williamson, you're like, we're finally getting to see what he was, which is a refined college pitcher. Mm -hmm. All he needed was to work on his control a little bit. Now it's here. And if this is what you're going to get and this is his, this is his ceiling, great. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> you can't beat that. Yeah. It's it's fantastic, man. And then you've got, we already talked about Luke Weaver. I, I, fuck him. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> I just am starting to feel bad for this bullpen. Uh, yeah, they, they uh, started off walking people, doing the, you know, the cardinal sins that you can't do, uh, coming in, just not ready, putting guys on base, and then uh, losing the game. But, I mean, not to talk disparagingly about him because they've, had so many innings put on their shoulders here that you are seeing what seems like fatigue. Yeah, they've been so good for so long and bailed this these starters out early and middle through the season that now when you're coming down to the stretch, you've got guys who haven't pitched this much ever. I mean, Ian Jabot, 18, has 57.13 innings compared to the 36 that he had last year. Farmer, 55 and a third, the most since he was in Detroit in 2018 with 61 and a third. I mean, and Alex Young in 2019, 83 and a third, 2020, 46 and a third, mm -hmm. and then 2021, 52 innings, 2022, 26 and two thirds, and then so far this year, 43 and two thirds. Mm -hmm. And luckily he got a little bit of a break with his back spasms and got to take a few days off. Right. But these are guys who you went and you found, you got them for inexpensive. They have they have exceeded expectations. For sure. But this is when the wheels are going to fucking fall off. Yeah, and this is also like going back to where we're talking about allowing the uh, starters, especially now at this point in the year, uh, to go that extra out or two, go the extra inning to really help the bullpen. Uh, that would be really beneficial. But yeah, they are... Seemingly uh, tired. They are working a lot past what you know their threshold was previously. So hopefully, uh, you know today they're off. Hopefully, yeah, they can do something to get a break, rest up. Yeah, they played twenty five games in twenty three day, twenty three games in twenty five days. Yeah, I mean they totally need that. And then, um, man, like I just I don't understand why he why Bell keeps fucking doing this because it costs them two fucking games with Alexis Diaz coming in in a high leverage hold situation. 
Yeah, uh, I'm sure it's stressful being the coach, thinking about like, oh, do I leave him in for this hitter or leave him in for this pitch? Looks a little bit, you know, and it's just a game decided by you yeah. know inches and stuff like that. But there, I wish he would let the guy in there who's been doing well throughout the entirety of the game because it does seem like he'll pull a guy before he shows signs of uh, not throwing well but merely like okay like that was one start like Ashcraft had where the guy hit like a nubber like an infield single or something yeah. and then had the guy like uh, down two strikes or something I, it just seems like he's not leaving them in long enough and he's taking them out for reasons other than mostly just length as opposed yeah. to they aren't throwing well it's just like oh they got like a hit or maybe uh you know a walk after a long at yeah. bat so how, how about this learn from your fucking mistakes that's what i was trying to say learn from your fucking mistakes that started in 2019 when he took the job and almost completely ruined rizel iglesias and putting him in high leverage situations he's like no i'm a closer I'm a closer. I'm a closer. And they're like, David's like, no, you're not. Then fails in those situations. Then gets shipped off mm -hmm. for scrap parts and uh, money dump to the Angels. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, it then gets traded to the Braves. And he is one of the best closers in the league. Yeah. And because I, they let him close. They don't put him in that bullshit. It's the mentality. I think, too, like uh, in a reverse situation, talking about those starters going longer, that's what you want them to do. Like, it's a mentality that they have as someone that's opening up the game, as wanting to take it as far as what they can. And as a closer, you have three outs in your arm, and <laughs> yep. you are planning everything out based upon that, and just going even an additional out, going an additional inning. I understand it makes sense to once you have your best pitcher out there in high leverage situations, but mm -hmm. when it isn't the situation that they've mentally prepared for day in and day out, yep. it's it throws them off clearly. Yeah, look at Josh Hader. He's like, I do one inning and one inning only. Mm -hmm. Best one of the best closers in baseball. We have that here with Alexis Diaz. And the problem I have with him being put into a hold situation that turns into a save situation is that he's pitching one and one third inning innings, one or one one and two thirds innings, which doesn't sound like a lot when you when you look at it like this. But when you look at it for the whole season, he's already got fucking fifty two and two thirds innings pitched. He's never pitched that much at any level, and yet you're gonna be like, well, I gotta put him in this high level situation. I gotta do it. No, you don't. Because guess what? You're not going to have him down the stretch to make that make the playoffs because his arm will be faded. Yeah, and we're seeing a bit of that right now probably. And he was leading the league, I think, as far as closers go with innings pitched yep. for a while, if not still. Yeah, with two fucking blown saves, which, again, the first blown save, for sure his fault. Uh, and then the second one was just basic. You could see it like, oh, he's off. Mm -hmm. He's tired. Yep. So, again, guy who's young, gonna be here. You gotta be able to, as, as a clubhouse and as a front office and as overall management, to acknowledge the mistake that you're making to correct it so that you can be successful in the future. And maybe they could have also trained it for a more high leverage reliever. Yeah, maybe I, it makes you question like how many people are talking yeah. with each other amongst the Reds organization. Yep, because Lucas Sims ain't that dude right now. Mm. He wasn't this week. No, blew both of his old situations. It was looking real bad. And I feel for him because he has been that dude. 
But mm-hmm. he's the only guy that they're like comfortable with with being like, there's two on. Lucas Sims is that dude. And he just hasn't been because every time he goes out there, it's a pressure cooker. Yeah, we do praise the Reds for having like a great like farm system and have like a plethora of talent. But currently, for like our you know our forty man roster, like we don't have a lot of depth in like of very critical roles. So yeah, that was another situation that could have possibly you know at least had a remedy to yeah uh, you know at the trade deadline, but it just nothing didn't happen. And nothing against Sims, it would just be nice to have an additional arm in there to be in the roles that he's currently fulfilling. Correct, because you're not going to trust Fernando Cruz as much with it. You're not going to trust Daniel Duarte. You're not going to trust the law firm. Like there's a lot of these dudes where you're like. You're like, okay, they have been good. They have been consistent. They have all shown flashes where it's not been good. Mm-hmm. So you're like, it, it seems like they got Maul and they put him into that situation immediately too. And so far, this last week, two and two-thirds innings pitched, three hits, two earned runs, gave up a dinger, mm-hmm. one walk with um, how many strikeouts? I'm trying to find that information. And I just, oh, here it is. One. <laughs> Sorry. Two. Alexis Diaz had one strikeout. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. Uh, hopefully, you know, with people coming back, which we'll get to in a second, they um, they can turn it around a little bit. But at the, at the moment, we can only hope that these two off days this week really get them in the right mindset, get their arms healthy, going into that long West Coast road trip that starts next week. Absolutely. The bats were fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, they were fine. Uh, there was some stuff that was good, some stuff not so good. Uh, is that oh, your full analysis? For the most part. And this is mostly me, like, checking on my phone, like, in between, like, some shows and stuff. And I, I, I just, took a massive dump, too, in between uh, shows, and I was on my phone for a while. That uh, was nice. I, ooh, I, I clogged it for a hot minute. Oh, no. Yeah, but it was, like, one of those things, like, okay. I'm gonna flush it one more time, but if it doesn't go down, I'm gonna tell tell the staff. I'm gonna tell them I found it like that. <laughs> I'm gonna tell them I found it like that. I don't know what happened. They go in and they look at it. It's like your initials are in that. I didn't write them at all while you're holding a knitting needle, <laughs> and I'm pointing at it like a turd dropping off. That's your blonde hair wrapped around it. Oh yeah, I need that back. I have no idea who did that. Though. It looks like you were trying to wrap a cottage ham with butcher twine. <laughs> yeah, it hurt. It hurt. It hurt. I, I imagine. Did you put a food bed on that turd? <laughs> you trying to make a kitchen safe? Okay, this got gross fast. Um, well, Benson, uh, three games over the week, starting to look like himself again. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the week, you know, very small sample theater with eleven plate appearances. 556, 636, 778. Four runs. Imagine Come on. if he was not healthy right now. I mean, just with how like thin, like this skeleton crew that the Reds have right now. Will Benson, dude. I mean, the, the trajectory that he had, his story throughout the year. I mean, that that is a depth of a character right there. <laughs> yep. It reminds me of like uh, one of the, like the the. Targaryens, not the Targaryens. Who's the dude I'm trying to think of? That that doesn't matter. Yeah. I, I was trying to go for uh, a Game of Thrones reference there with a, the arc of a mm. character. Sorry, I've only watched the sex scenes. Uh, <laughs> well, those are the ones I'm talking about. Oh, okay, maybe. Okay, maybe with the blonde, with the big guy. <laughs> that was the blonde dude I was trying to think of. It just like it just seems like he's just such a heel. Uh, with, with his playing where it just was not going well for the team sure. got sent back down and all of a sudden 
a resurgent, reinvented himself. This is this is terrific. If he wasn't yeah. healthy, I mean, yeah, he had that. Remember, he had those two bad weeks, and then it turned out he had, he was dealing lo, dealing with lower back discomfort. Yeah, didn't go on the IL. Just was like trying to work through it. Sit on sat on the bench. Yeah, and got through it, and Great. turn it around. And he's been crucial. Henry Ramos back up here looks like a changed man. Mm-hmm. In his three games, he's got seven plate appearances with, um, oh boy, with, with three hits. Again, I get that, it, that he that these numbers are against the Pirates, but it doesn't matter when you're winning. You are starting to win games you need to win. And I'm pretty sure he had uh, a walk in one of uh, those at-bats. It was a really critical part of the game, if I'm remembering correctly. And you it was are. a really good at-bat. So it was something you see, like, okay, he feels confident in the plate. He can work in an uh, account uh, and came through. In a game that I think the Reds yep. ultimately won. And he looks better than Nick Senzel did. And yeah, that's did. why they swapped places. Yeah, it was a good move. Why did Nick come out and say, like, I need to play more. You know, I just need to play more. And then you come out and play more and suck. And they had, that was, yeah, those statements came out. And then it seems like immediately that game happened where I think Fair, Fairchild got brought back up and had that unfortunate, you know, got lost in the ivy wandering mm-hmm. out there. And Sinzel had three errors, two of which I think were on one play. Yeah. I mean, oh, that was an epic, biting, uh, it, was, it was so bad. Uh, so, yeah, that, that makes total sense of why he is, you know, got sent down. Yeah. And it was a, an improvement for us. Not that against Sinzel, but I mean, that's, yeah, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And TJ Hopkins and his two plate appearances has a hit. So, oh, boy, howdy. Mm. He's here. Um, Stuart Fairchild, I tweeted, said that he should not be on a major league roster. I still agree with that. But in the meantime, he did have a very clutch hit against the Pirates yesterday in this double he- the end of the doubleheader that helped the Reds win. Congratulations. That's his peak. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he had a couple clutch hits, uh, and so I can't wait to see uh, when we get some other people up here. And <laughs> we get, it was nice to see him. It was good. Yeah, we'll get Jake <laughs> Fraley back. Good. I just can't wait. But I, I, I'm not taking back my statement after having one very good AB in Pittsburgh. Um, Joey Votto had a 4 for 4 day this week. Mm-hmm. He is looking like himself. As in just getting on base, hitting singles machine. Yeah, I, I love seeing Votto in there do Votto things. It's great. He uh, seems like to be uh, the flashes of himself. Even more so that. I mean, he was just going on a tear with home runs. But, like, the the singles Votto hitter, the guy that can work in a, a, a count and then be able to slap the ball the opposite way when he's just like, oh, there's no pitcher is facing you. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's the Votto that uh, is the, the normal. Yeah. It's almost like he was like, wait a minute. Oh, they got rid of the shift. I just realized that. And it was just lifting it right over their heads. Like when he was just taking Cueto to the to the cleaner. Yeah. And just lift, gentle lift, easy, left, right, getting on. He had a 444 on base percentage last week. That's the Votto we know and love, baby. Yeah. Those are the times where, man, you just get a handful of players hot if you make it in the postseason. I mean, this is a team that has some exciting potential for uh, you know that to happen. Yeah. Spencer Steer had a good week too. Mm-hmm. 333, 364, 619 with a homer. I mean, three RBIs. He had a stolen base. He had, sorry. Numbers are hard. Mm-hmm. Um, he had seven hits and twenty-two plate appearances. So that's great. I mean Love that it. I mean seeing that those consistency from those dudes and CES starting to get a little bit more comfortable. He had a homer last week. 
uh, 300 on base percentage, better than what he's been lately. Still a uh, 40% strikeout rate, not great, yeah. but showing signs of life. And Ellie De La Cruz, fuck. Yeah, man. Uh, they are pitching him a bit differently, and he's not really adjusting well. It seems like they're just coming right after him. Uh, and low. Yeah, and, you know, granted, the strike zone for him is a bit tricky. Seems like sometimes uh, it's a bit larger than what it should be. But, uh, I mean, I have full faith he's going to correct this, but uh, you, you can't be striking out as much as what he is. And just seems yeah. like he's just deciding beforehand if he's going to swing or not, and it's just uh, not reading pitches or just having a proper game plan. I don't, I don't quite exactly know, but yeah. uh, th- these aren't the results you want. Although, you crush that one ball. <laughs> He did crush that thing. Yeah. That fucker high in the zone, right in his goddamn swing path. That's where almost he wants right to live. That, yeah, almost hit right in that recycling bin. Did you see that? <laughs> it hit the recycling that bin. That was wild. That was so cool. That would have been like the Randy Johnson bird thing. It's like, <laughs> what are the odds? What are we, don't ever tell me the odds. Uh, but Ellie last week struck out at 43.5% of the time. 11 Ks to one walk. Yeah. Look, I know we're harping on it. We've been going over this every week. And I get that it's his 50. Uh, he just completed his 58th game in playing professional baseball. But man, you'd think like, there'd be a little bit of an adjustment. Yeah, and uh, he had his first steal, I think, since July, like, 20th, something like that. Yeah. It, was something, it was a wild, like, time duration for the beef since his last steal. And, like, dude, if he gets on base, if he just walks, that's a double. It, <laughs> yeah. Probably a triple because that second base is just stolen. Yep. It just So he needs to figure out what his style of play needs to be, which is to get on base – but also, you know, of course, be the swinger, the type of hitter that you want to be. But the discipline right now is just, it, it's just so not present. Yeah. You could tell he was going through it on Tuesday when it was first AB. He's leading off bunts, and it's like, what? Oh, he's just trying to get on to just get any type of momentum. Yeah, and he thought things were just going inside. Like he was backing out of the way when it was just like a... It was clear, clearly on the plate. It was just like, man, mm-hmm. you're just you're just not seeing it. Like something just, you know, just not yeah. as comfortable as what he's used to being. I'm right. sure. I agree with you. And DJ Friel, not look. I still think he needs to be back in that leadoff spot. He's gonna figure it out. But 156, 238, 211, 21 plate appearances mm-hmm. with um, three. Sorry, yeah, three hits. I mean that's not leadoff guy stuff right now. I think that he's gonna he'll get it back together, and this is probably the worst week that Matt McLean's had in the majors, which is very odd to say. Two twenty seven, two twenty seven, two seventy three. This week with twenty two plate appearances, mm-hmm. five hits, four singles, one double, and he he struck out a lot. His his K rate was. Oh man, I had twenty two point seven percent. Probably the worst he's had in a week stretch. Yeah, I can't recall any worse stretch that he has had. But so at the same time, it's not awful, especially for a rookie. And I will say he's probably getting another player who's getting squeezed at the plate too, especially on those like outside uh, strikes. Yeah. Uh, but it seems like he is correcting himself, and he's another guy very similar to Steer, where it seems like there are times when they. Uh, or in a funk will be short lived just because it seems like they have very great like foundational stuff and like, yep. plate awareness. Yeah, I mean, I w- I'm just watching him again. I just keep thinking after Alve- Jose Altuve went off this week, how similar they are. And there was somebody else I was thinking about too. 
Matt Bregman, and there was another guy I was thinking about mm-hmm. the swing looked like, and I was like, man, he's just so good. Just had a bad week. And, yeah, and you know, happened. And someone we need to zoom out and take a look at who's had a very bad season. Tyler Stevenson. Buddy. Guy. Woof. Yeah, and he's uh, one of these dudes we just had like so much faith in. He, he comes from, you know, the Reds before this era. Seemingly, he's still a young guy, but he's a veteran to the players now. And, yeah, there was a lot of faith put in him to be an offensive, uh, you know, producer on this team. It just hasn't really happened. You saw flashes of potentially being a guy that can drive in some runs. But throughout the course of the season so far, it just hasn't clicked. It hasn't happened. And he also hasn't been the greatest behind the plate either. Not, like, terrible, but, like... Oh, no, I will say terrible. <laughs> he had, what, he had three pass balls. He's had five pass balls this week. Something along there. And one of them... Cost him the game in Pittsburgh. He needs to work on uh, framing pitches too. There's there's been a a fair amount of strikes not given, most likely because of how Stevenson isn't presenting the pitch. Couldn't agree more. He's got to be. I haven't looked at the metrics. He's got to be bottom third. The way he is not. I mean, he he goes too far down. He's he's not bringing back up. He's not bringing back over. It's. And it's bad. And he t- he's pretty much telling the ump, like, oh, no, 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 this, is, this isn't a strike. You know? Right. Like, even when it's like, oh, yeah, even when we're expecting it there, it's like, dog, have more awareness of where you're at because that ump is still, like, you can frame that, like, a little bit. Yeah. You know, don't just, like, all right, here we go. Let me lob it right yeah, back man. there. Watch Jonah Heim, dude, and how good of a framer he is. Yeah. He gets a lot of strikes for them, for them Texas Rangers. I, And I also get, yeah, young, for sure. This is his first really full season mm-hmm. and not splitting time with with um uh tucker a uh, bucker bucker fart card <laughs> he's 26 300 oh his birthday's in two days he's gonna be 27 so you gotta figure out fast come on dog you need to figure it out next year or it's like or you're a failure not a failure <laughs> you're not gonna be the cornerstone catching prospect we thought that he was gonna be yeah. the guy who's an who was an average to below average defensive catcher to an elite bat for the position. Yeah, when you're thinking about at the start of the season, who are the the core, the foundation of this team, yeah. and Stevenson would be one of those pillars. Yeah. But now you're looking at it, it's like, well, he has he's produced so little. Uh, compared to like what most of the rookies have, yep. And I still think you know he could potentially be a good offensive you know power presence, but it just hasn't happened this year. Seemingly, it wasn't even. It's not even power. It's more of like we thought he'd have more doubles. Motherfucker in 107 games has 14 doubles compared to in uh, in 21 where he had 132 games. Oh, that's not that much better. He had 21. But I I mean, let's look at this. Okay. In 107 games this year, 240, 325, 351, an OPS plus of 81. Bad. Mm. 2021, 286, 366, 431, 106 OPS plus. Good for a catcher. I think maybe his shoulder is still not right. Perhaps. And he's overthinking it. He's thinking about his shoulder and what he needs to do with either blocking or framing 
or hitting because he doesn't look like the same guy behind the dish and he sure as hell doesn't look like the same guy at the dish. Yeah, and he, uh, he kind of has a stiffness to him, but I think this is kind of his appearance in general. But it's it's kind of hard to really evaluate the type of player that he truly would, like what the back of his playing card is going to look like. But uh, this isn't the era of like catchers, and I know I'm saying this with Johnny Bench right over my shoulder. Um, that one. Yeah, this isn't the era of catchers not producing like there are some really talented catchers out there that can drive in runs and we just can't look at that as like you do as you used to with the the nine hole with the pitcher coming with the play it's like oh yeah that's just the pitcher that's yeah. all right you know we have that for defense it's like well no we have to have something there for offense yeah because you have or at least the defense like yeah. what do we have him for if he's not doing it either correct and then you look at someone like Luke Maley, who on the season in 53 games, 252, 312, 449, with an OPS plus of 100. Exactly average, and that means above average for the catching position. The guy has five home runs in 139 plate appearances. And last week, he was pretty good. The timing on that was pretty impeccable pretty for him to come in good. after like the you know the culmination of Stevenson behind the plate those talks coming up of like man it's just not happening and he just goes on a tear Mally does yeah I mean last week you know 375 545 875 uh, where did it go right here and I know three games small sample theater eight ABs one hit one double one homer or sorry three hits one single, a double, a homer, five RBIs. He's contributing both ways. Yeah. Uh, I say go with what's working. <laughs> Leave him <laughs> yeah. in. Keep it running. Keep it running. And, yeah, roll it out, dude. Mm -hmm. Roll it out. Uh, oh God, I just, you know, I, I only hope for the best for Tyler. He's one of my favorite Reds to come along personality-wise, and oh, yeah. Yeah, the potential is there. I hope that next year he has a better year, figures it out, his shoulder's better. Because, I mean, like the guy that we're watching right now on MLB Network, it took him a year for his shoulder to completely heal after having a shoulder incident. It took, you know, it took a, it took a year and, like, four months for him to get back to who he was. Mm hmm so hopefully that's the case, and next year he's looking a lot better. But in the meantime, I'm with you. Luke Maley season all day, baby. Yeah, and uh, should we jump into other injuries if we're talking kind of about that? Yeah, let's hop. Let's just skip, and we'll go to the schedule last. John in India. Yeah, that's a bummer. I was holding out hopes that this could be something that you see the down, you just playing it in the storyline. You got the arc of Jonathan India not doing so well, but he's the captain of the team. Oh, he gets injured. The team's not doing well. Oh, let's bring him back in, baby. He comes out and bam, put up the start of the lineup, and all of a sudden, you know, uh, they start wrong. Get him on a win streak. That's what I was holding out hope for that India would come back healthy, top of the lineup, just kind of solve everything. Uh, but plantar fasciitis. Plantar fasciitis. Plantar fasciitis. Yeah, increasing foot pain uh, revealed a more significant tear in that plantar fasciitis. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dun, dun, <laughs> so uh, yeah, he's gonna be shut down from running for two weeks. Get a second opinion to confirm. Middle of September. Yikes. 
So quite possibly just will not see him uh, the rest of the year. You, there's, a, there's a chance, but dude, if he comes back, he ramps up and he's ready to roll in the middle of September, you throw him in the leadoff spot and you go, you just need to slap that places. Yes. Just put it that way. And I think it's the type of guy like where you just limit the amount of things he has to think about. Like, hit, see the ball, hit the ball, dude. Yep. Just do that. Do that. Do what you did in 2021 and don't overthink it. Mm -hmm. um, Kirk Casale is... Uh, still out with a foot contusion. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't come back the rest of the year. Yeah, I don't see it. Just at this point, uh, we don't need to carry three catchers, and there's a lot more important uh, situations to attend to. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't think we're going to see him the rest of the year. Jake Fraley. Bummer. They don't know. Still on that stress fracture in his left fourth toe. So it's like a, the tiny guy? Wait, so cause this little piggy went to market. This little piggy went to town. Went home. Went home. This little piggy had roast beef. Okay. This little piggy, it's the nun? The nun. So the protein deficient one. <laughs> yes. And then this little piggy went, oh, right? Is that how it works? Oh, well, yeah, the first one's market. This little piggy went to market. This little piggy went to town. Stayed home. Oh, this, wait. Okay. This yeah. little piggy went to the market. This little piggy stayed home. Okay. This little piggy had roast beef. This little piggy had none, and that's the one Jake Fraley broke. And the other, the last one cried wee 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 all, all the way home. home. And that's okay. uh, what the doctor said to Jake Fraley. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna need a second opinion. I'm gonna need a second opinion, and we're gonna need to get you more roast beef. <laughs> <laughs> nice, perfect. That was. That was lovely, but they don't know when he's going to come back. A couple weeks might be the diagnosis. It'd be great to have him back, but if Henry Ramos keeps hitting like this, yeah. I just want him back so that Stuart Fairchild is back in AAA. Same. Uh, he was one of the most potent bats the Reds had. Uh, lefty bat, mm -hmm. real bummer. Yeah. Uh, uh, poor timing as far as uh, injuries and people to go through a little funk here, but yeah, that's yeah. a bummer. Uh, Lively was scheduled to throw on August 13th, throw 85 pitches for AAA Louisville. I didn't look into those numbers. So if it goes well, he could be back by the middle of this week, next week, which he's an interesting case. I think I would take Luke Weaver and either put him in the pen or I would make sure that he's updating his LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, updating the resume and going somewhere else because I would rather have Ben Lively in there than I would rather have Luke. But you know, at that point, you're splitting hairs. You're you're splitting thinning, balding hairs. Yeah, it's uh, lesser two evils. I mean, even though I really like Ben Lively, it's just if he's not on, he's very hittable. Extremely. If his slider's off, it's over. Yeah, I'm with you, buddy. Um, Casey Ligma Nuts still in Arizona, still down at AAA. We haven't heard much. I'm assuming he's going to stay there and just keep working, and then he'll be one of those guys like with Kennedy and um, Duarte, like the guys who are rotating in and out with options yeah. based on work workload. Uh, TJ Antone, he was scratched from on August 11th, slated to play catch on the 12th. They're just making sure he's not fucked. And then he's worked so hard that they don't want to risk really anything. Um, but I think they're going to have him try to be ready before the road trip. Yeah. And that'd be huge. Yeah, it would be great. <laughs> would, it would be great. It'd be great. I love it. It'd be so great. He could be another guy that could be like uh, Lucas Sims. Another high-lev situation dude. Yeah. Who spins it. And then you have another option that you trust and depend upon. Absolutely. If he's ready. Nick Lodolo. 
through two scoreless innings, one hit, no walks, four strikeouts in Arizona on August 11th. He could be back by the end of the month still. That'd be incredible. And he seems like a gamer. He, like, of the two, I mean, I'd love to see Hunter Green come back, like, really strong. But, like, Lobdolo seems like one of those dudes is fucking just turn it on. Yep, he's know? like, I got it. We're good. I'm healthy. He's very, him and Brandon Williamson, same kind of thing with the college pitcher. Like, not a lot of, not a lot of sprinkles need to put, be put on that Sunday. Yeah. It's ready to roll, dude. Yeah. And so if he is back by the end of the month, he's someone you can depend upon that is going to that is healthy and is going to be the guy who he was before those two outings where you're like, something's wrong. Yeah, this could be the shot in the arm. Uh, hopefully that uh, he stays on track. It's wild you mentioned Hunter, Hunter Green. Uh, <laughs> his last outing on the 10th wasn't great. Three and two-thirds, four hits, three earned runs, two home runs, two walks, two K, three walks, two Ks. I think he might have been working on something, trying to work on a pitch, trying to work on a mix. Um, hopefully it isn't anything with his hips because he said he was feeling good. He was feeling good, not great, because, mm -hmm. I mean, he obviously didn't get the results he wanted. Yeah. He's got one more. One more rehab start tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Could start tomorrow. And then he's back. He could be back. Su and then he's back Sunday. That'd be uh, awesome. Even too, like even if he was throwing with that hip pain, the the hip injury, he was still an effective pitcher. So I'm curious to see, like, uh, if there is an issue, how I mean, he could still just close out the year. I I'm just curious to see uh, how significant the injury would be. Um, you know, yeah. you know. I'm just talking circles now. I get it. Talking circles. Pitchers pitch from a mound that is shaped like a circle. Tied it all together. Thank you. You're welcome. Vladimir Gutierrez. Rough go on the 12th. His first bad one out of four. One and a third. Two hits. Four and runs. One homer. Two walks. One K. Hopefully his next rehab start goes better. Because then there's another fresh arm you can bring up for the bullpen. Just getting these guys some breaks. I need to look into to see how many other these guys have like options. But holy fuck, that's two bullpen guys that you are getting back that are fresh. Yeah, that would be uh, incredible. And the timing of it couldn't be uh, better because uh, clearly fatigued, <laughs> the arms. <laughs> so, yeah, this would be great. Uh, it, it was definitely a rough, rough week for the Reds. Uh, I mean, now the Cubs are in the thick of it. Uh, Marlins as well. Uh, the Reds really need to play their best ball from here on out if they really want to stand a chance against these teams that are turning it on right now. Yep. You've got the guards who are slumping on Tuesday, Wednesday, both 640 starts. You know, I might go to that game tomorrow, 3 2 1 Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Uh, and then you've got uh, Wednesday's senior day. I'm not going to that. No. I don't need to see Let's Go Brandon t-shirts at Great American Ballpark. Oh, yeah. Screw that. I'm good. If I see a red Make America Great Again hat, I'll lose it. <laughs> I'll fucking lose it. Flip the whole section. <laughs> and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday at home against the Blue Jays. I want to go to one of those. Yeah? Well, yeah. I don't think I have anything Friday. You want to go to Friday? Go to fireworks? Do in between? Let's do the Friday fireworks. There we go. Let's do it. Sign them up. Uh, and then here's what's scary. It's next week. Three at the Angels, another team that's slumping. Four at Arizona, another team that is slumping. And then three at San Francisco, a team that is wildly mediocre. 
Ah, they've, they've got, okay, they're, they're average. They're a little bit above average. Nothing in there is really, like, getting you, getting you scurred yeah. about the Giants. They're just consistently good. They win a lot of one to nothing, two to one ball games. But that's, that's, that's the stretch right there to figure, to finish off August. Ah, man. That's, uh, that's how it plays out. You've got to win a bunch of those to just because you got to make up ground now. Yeah, uh, they got to claw the way back up there into first. Uh, I, I don't want to see them rely on the wild card, but I mean, just anyway, you get the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and the schedule that they had, you know, when we last looked at the calendar, <clears throat> seemed like a cakewalk. And man, did it kick them right in the dick. <laughs> No shit. So this, man, I, it's just in the hands of the Reds, it feels like. This is, they can clearly beat any club uh, when they are, you know, staffed significantly, you know, yeah. and aren't dealing with a ton of injuries. But uh, they've won with less. So let's see what they're made of here. Yeah, and the fact of the matter with them going and finally having these two days off this week is massive. But then you come out of it, go Blue Jays, and then that Sunday hop on a flight and go all the way west. Hopefully you can settle in and be like, and just get adjusted real quick. Because this is the stretch, baby. We're doing it. So I'm with you. Let's just hope for the best. Let's round third and head for home. Yeah, buddy. What do you got, pal? Uh, I'm going to share with you. Yeah, what? How about it? Uh, this Thursday, the 17th, I believe, uh, in Louisville. At Gravely Brewing. Fun. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a good one. I think we have we done that before together. No, we did a different. We did that bar show okay. in Louisville. All right. Well, it's another uh, Ewing show. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. it okay? But uh, yeah, come on out if you're in Louisville. Um, that's uh, what I got on the schedule. And uh, yeah, where you got? I have a show with you. Oh, we're getting out of town. Who would have thought? We are getting out of town. We're going. And then uh, come find us at the Reds game on Friday. We just made those plans. Unless I have something else in my calendar, which I don't think I do. And oh my God, the Rangers are beating the Angels. Oh, 11 to nothing. Ooh. So this might be a good time to see them next week. Hopefully they just keep sucking. Keep it up. Poor show, hey. Yeah. So, uh, time to thank people. Intheclutch.com. All your MLBPA needs right there. You can get your Michael Lorenzen no-no shirt. Mm, that's nice. It's really cool. Uh, use the promo code NASTYBOYS, all caps, to get 10% off your order. Also, thank you to Sports Drink. Uh, Andrew made his debut on uh, Winning Time, the guy who runs the network. Oh, nice. Hey, yeah, he's playing uh, Mikhail. Cool. And for the Celtics. Very cool. Uh -huh. uh, and thank you for watching and listening. And thank you for being my co-host forever and always and now. Anytime, baby. <laughs> and as always, go Red Legs. Go Red Legs. Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home yes, cool. or attending one live, no! you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the U.S. to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement. Other restrictions apply.